0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission.
1: Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts.
0: The Michelin Le Mans Cup.
1: On RS1. On
0: RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network.
1: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a special program on the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels. Once again for 2021, delighted to say that the Michelin Le Mans Cup will be covered across our airwaves in sound and in vision. So let's take a look at the 2021 Michelin Le Mans Cup, starting off in Barcelona. And Johnny Palmer, our voice of MLMC, also ELMS and WEC and many other acronyms, is joining me now. Uh, A a season um, that looks a little more, can I dare say, normal for Michelin Le Mans Cup this year, Johnny?
0: I think it does, and in similar in that respect to the European Le Mans series as well, and it's good that you've got the two championships able to provide each other a bit of stability as well. Uh, These are Saturday races, remember, and in support of the ELMS, so the calendar looks very similar, apart from when we get halfway through the season when there's a breakaway from the first three two-hour races at Barcelona, Paul Ricard and, uh, and Monza, where we then have a couple of... 55-minute races mm. as part of the 24 Hours of Le Mans. So one booked for midweek and one for Saturday morning. Uh, and a chance for these drivers who aspire, many of them will aspire, to be in the main race one day uh, to at least experience race weekend and that fabulous eight-and-a-half-mile circuit. Uh, then it's back to the bread and butter stuff and Spa and Portimao brings the season to a close. But, it, I mean, fantastic circuits, really good format for the racer that isn't necessarily experienced in endurance type competition Uh, and it's a great way to to take your first steps into longer distance stuff with an eye to elms in the future and then potentially the 24 in a couple of years time
1: Uh, there are 31 cars declared for the barcelona opener and all of those particularly in lmp3 are are full season entries and we'll We'll get onto that when we, we come round. Just the five GT3s. And if there is a problem with Michelin-Le Mans Cup, and I'm not saying there is, but if there is, um, GT3, this is the only ACO uh, event uh, outside of Asia that has uh, a series that has GT3s. There's an awful lot of GT3 racing uh, in Europe, and therefore there's a bit more competition for people to go and race in. However, um, there is the cashier of being on the ELMS, there is the possibility of, of sort of sticking your head above the ACO parapet, if you're one of these teams in GT3, that that might see a cheeky little application for invitation to the Le Mans 24 Hours, that, that, might, that might just be a little, a little tick uh, on your CV.
0: Well, there's also if you manage to win the championship, there's also an automatic entry Mm -hmm. into the uh, into the 24 hours of the following year. So and you don't get that with LMP3, uh, of which there is an awful lot of cars entered for the championship this year. So this uh, initiative first started in 2016 as exclusively a GT3 championship and uh, numbers I wouldn't necessarily say struggle, but it it was it was healthy for an opening year. But to be honest, it's just kind of plateaued at the figure that, you know, we have again for this this year as well. So maybe a little bit more work needs to be done. We've got five cars entered for the opening round at Barcelona. um, And it was actually slightly more than that, I think, for the Mm -hmm. opening round in 2016. So. Although LMP3 proves to get more and more popular year on year, GT3 is sort of stuck where it is. And
1: does that yeah, surprise I, you, I, Johnny? Given the fact that there is uh, that coveted um, invitation to Le Mans, to, obviously you can't take a GT3 car there, but you know, getting into uh, GT uh, GTE AM, I suppose. Or, or some people. Possibly even going to GTE uh, Pro. There's been a few people swapped over down through the years. I- I'm slightly surprised because that is the USP, that is the point of differential for this GT3 series above anything else from any of the other championship. Is that Le Mans invitation?
0: Exactly. Um, but I, th- I think the retain- retaining the entries once you've got them for a year is then very tricky to do because you know a lot of the big serious teams that want to get to the, the 24 hours and uh, a regular uh, entry into ELMS probably only want to be in Michelin Le Mans Cup for a year or two mm-hmm. and then they want to move on. So it serves its purpose at the moment, but what you're not going to get is necessarily the, the longevity of teams uh, sticking with it unless they've got a program in place like, for instance, Iron Links and AF Corsa who continue to come back year year mm-hmm. to year, but with new drivers and that's the tricky thing is yeah. sort of chipping away at the vein of, of new talent as the established names or the, the, the names that are becoming established want to naturally move on to the next challenge.
1: Well, let's uh, take a look at the five cars there. Porsche, Ferrari and AMG. Mercedes-AMG represented three Ferraris uh, in the middle of the entry list. But we'll start by the Swiss with the Swiss flagged entered Porsche of um yeah, TF uh, TFT I'm just going to call them. What Probera Zurich say? Um,
0: it, well, the first two letters are actually initials, so it's PZ.
1: Ah, right. O- okay. bearer Okay.
0: Zurich, say by TFT, is the official name, but yeah, funnily enough, we tend to call it TFT in commentary as well.
1: Yeah, and it's two familiar names here: Nicholas uh Swiss, and the French driver Julian Andlauer. Uh, these guys have raced together. It's bronze and, bronze and gold in in that order. The 911 GT3 R, a, a very Uh, In in this, of course, it's a balance of performance, GT3. So all of the cars, in theory, have, there or thereabouts, the same opportunity. How will Nicholas and Julian do?
0: I think, well, this being their second year, uh, and they have already taken a couple of race wins as well, I think they were in the rounds either side of the Le Mans Hmm. meeting. So uh, the the two hours leading into the 24 hours of Le Mans and then coming out the other side, they, they took a victory as well. I think a Monza, the second one um, and Lloyd is getting more and more experience. He was, he, he made a little tiny errors in tricky conditions at Le Mans. I remember on a greasy track mm. when the cars were released and uh, unfortunately had an incident before they actually started to get racing. But once he's in his groove, he's very, very good. And uh, Julian Andlauer, You know, as long as the car's in a reasonable position when Julian takes over, then he's just incredible at times in GT3 material. Uh, He's already won, has Julian, the 24 hours at Dubai this year. And he's a former Porsche Carrera Cup Germany champion. So no problems there. It's a question about um, how well these professional drivers can do their coaching, uh, looking at telemetry, looking at driving style, looking at the ability to almost drive within yourself if necessary uh, and those need to be those skills need to be identified in in the free practice sessions. Yeah. Then heading into qualifying, because let us not forget that it will be Nikki doing all of the qualifying this year. Uh, because in your combination, if you've got a bronze and a silver, or a bronze and a gold, it's always the bronze that right. must do the qualifying. And that's uh, another USP is for this championship the responsibility on a Saturday morning.
1: Uh, and I always think that's very good for the lesser experienced drivers so many championships they don't get a chance on new tyres and low fuel to find out what the car can actually do and it can massively build their confidence when that first changed over in the WEC um, I know in the AM class it made a huge difference to quite a few uh, of the drivers in that and it, it really gave them more speed in the race when Perhaps they weren't on new tyres and they did have full tanks, but at least they knew what the car could could do. Uh, three Ferraris, three Italian flag teams. Uh, eight and nine are the entries from Iron Links. Let's take the number eight entry first uh, Reno Mastronardi and Paolo Roberti, bronze and gold. Again, those will be names that most of our listeners will know.
0: Well, certainly if you follow the Michelin Le Mans Cup last year, you'll know all about Reno Mastronardi because he was the GT3 champion in the end and a lone champion because Giacomo Puccini had to miss one of the rounds. Yes, right. So he finished on 132 points, did Mastronardi, and uh, therefore significant chunk ahead of Puccini. But uh, you'll notice that uh, there's been a driver, a co-driver change there. So out goes Puccini and in comes Paolo Roberti. I don't think there'll be any change in terms of that car's pace <laughs> overall, though, because they are It's more, not a
1: downgrade, you know, is it? Let's be honest.
0: Not at all. No. Um, yeah, certainly comparable. Um, and I don't. I don't think there's necessarily been a falling out there at all between uh, Giacomo and, and and Reno. It's maybe an availability issue more than anything else. But uh, Roberti will do just fine there, uh, and knows the team pretty well. Also at, at Iron Links,
1: uh, the second of their uh, their cars is the number nine for Manuela Gossner. She's the bronze, the Italian. And, well, you know, doing double duty. First of the uh, people that we're going to mention doing double duty um, this in this programme. So she has been drafted in to the ELMS team as well after problems with uh, a potential seat for Esme Hawkey. Uh, Dorian Pan. French driver, uh, I think single-seater French F4 or um, certainly has done some F4.
0: Yes, uh, also done a little bit of Clio Cup racing in France as well, but really early on in Dorian's career, only 17, and was racing in Clio's last year. So uh, this is quite a big step from a Clio to a GT car, um, and it's going to be fascinating to see how she gets on. But I have very little similar... Machinery that I can kind of compare uh, for her. So um, I think you've got to give her the first few races just to get used to the car, and Manuela Gosner will be able to help uh, in that uh, focus as well. Of course, Manuela probably wanting to focus entirely on the Michelin Le Mans Cup this season, yes. but because of the complications in ELMS, she's going to be split a little bit. So will that mean that Dorian Pant uh, will have to call on one or two other people you know, for her for, for things like track knowledge and, and car knowledge?
1: Yeah, uh, Dorian, my apologies. She's done a test in an F4. That's what I read with the FFSA, the French Academy, and uh, has among her... Uh, supporters, Jano Trulli, uh, who's been uh, very uh, full with his prayers, finished fourth in the French uh, Junior Championship in karting uh, before she went into cars, but quite clearly has has been uh, uh, recognised as someone who the French and they've been very good at this down through the years with both male and now female drivers uh, identifying potential uh, and getting them uh, into good seats and that is a good seat for Dorian yeah. and you know there's almost I mean she's the silver driver there bizarrely because she of, is yeah uh, because of uh, her age and and experience but, but Manuel Agustin will have more experience of the car in the circuits uh, sometimes when you don't know what you don't know, that in some ways can be a blessing because you'll come into it with a, a different mindset. And I think she'll get on very well with the GT3 Ferrari 488. It is generally thought of as being one of the easier, sorry, I'll take that, more user-friendly uh, cars to drive, perhaps be just behind the Mercedes, uh, of which more in a moment. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting year for Dorian and Manuela uh, if uh, if they are, as you said, prepared for the whole year the final Ferrari is the number 51 that means it has to be AF Corsa of course Uh, the Japanese bronze driver is Kenji Abe and Matteo Cressoni um, a silver uh, Italian driver but a silver Italian driver again with huge experience of the car and of this type of racing
0: and Ken J. Arbe comes uh, into this year having experienced the Asian Le Mans series, um, but that was a few years ago, actually, in the 2016-2017 campaign in Asia, and has raced in the Ferrari Europe, uh, that's the Ferrari Cup uh competition of yeah. course and that was uh, what was that two years ago 2019 yes in the shell division for formula racing so a year out last year as many people had to take in the end particularly from um, that part
1: of the world of course that we're, we're yes tr- true traveling to yeah. and from was very difficult wasn't it so that's yeah, absolutely understandable there. yeah understandable um
0: so one or two cobwebs possibly to knock <laughs> away but I think Abe could you know do do some decent things uh, and again not going to be short of it, of drive time because of the sessions available to the bronze uh, including the 20 odd minute session I think it's extended to 20, 25 minutes once we get to Spa for qualifying and you get Pretty much the whole track to yourself, because there's only going to be five or six cars out that's there. Point.
1: You uh, have it's, a GT3
0: <laughs> cat- it's a GT3 session, followed then by a very busy LMP3 session. So like you made the point about new tyres and then a track to oneself. Um, that's going to be huge in terms of the learning process.
1: Final car of the five in GT3 for the 2021 Michelin Le Mans Cup coverage live on radio uk of course, in sound and vision, uh, is the Mercedes-AMG GT3. AMG 3 amg gt 3 excuse me, missed out a G in the middle there, from 10Q Racing Team. They are out of Germany, or at least flagged as such, with uh, the evergreen, although silver, Kenneth Heyer uh, as their um, experienced driver, and the bronze Spinoy Belgian, about whom I know very little, Johnny. He's
0: 39. He's from Dentemonde in uh, Belgium. And again, heading into only a third season of motorsport from uh, one race with the 24-H series in 2019 when he raced for Hoffer. So I think Ah. that's the connection with Kenneth Heyer, is that he will have slotted in uh, just for one event. And it was uh, at Barcelona, actually. So that would have been... Well, 24 yes, hours. 24 hours, yeah. yes. So he, no, he should know his
1: are around for the first event, at least because he have done a few laps, wouldn't he? In the he would of have it, thought dear. so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so now I'm thinking, well, has Vim been brought in just because he knows Barcelona or is the plan to stick with that lineup for the rest of the season? Might have to wait and see for that. That Certainly the, the entry has to be confirmed with the organizers for the full season and then sometimes there's the scope to chop and change the driver lineup but let's hope it can stay consistent between those two. Kenneth Hyatt knows that Mercedes so well. I mean, he raced the SLS for a number of years, that now into the AMG as well. And these will be the latest spec of AMG, Correct. I'm going to guess, yeah. because I had a sort of facelift, didn't it, for 2020 uh, with a new front end. So um, Making it even great. more
1: user-friendly uh, by all accounts, yeah. which a car that, that was particularly confidence-inspiring. In the first place. Yeah, I've seen some pictures of that car. And it is definitely the wider mouth frog look at the front end of that car, which is how you uh, easily tell it. So it is the, the evil, I think, is, is what it was called uh, unofficially. That's right, it was. If you had to yes, pick out of those five, I mean, it's hard, but if you had to pick across a season... um who do you see battling it out for the championship? All five, obviously, are going to be in with a shout at some stage because there will be trials and tribulations. But right now, before a whale's turned in anger, what would you say?
0: Well, I think Lloyd Weiler and Ann Lauer are capable of race wins. They proved that last year. They'll want to extend from the two that they took in 2020. So, there's definitely the scope for them to, to win three or possibly four times. But then you look at Reno Mastronardi, who's yeah. probably one of the quickest bronze drivers on the grid and prove that on uh, route to a championship last year, it all hinges on how, how good and mistake free your bronze driver is. And, uh, Reno together with new co-driver Paolo Roberti, are going to take some beating. It may be, it may develop after a sort of three or four races into a two-horse race between the number two Porsche and the number eight Ferrari.
1: Yeah, um, beautifully balanced in terms of the manufacturers we have there. We have the Porsche, the venerable Porsche GT3 R, which is still a proper rear-engined car with the engine behind the gearbox, and therefore, despite BOP, that will have some advantage if it's very hot and greasy or very wet and slippery or in transition periods, perhaps. The beautifully balanced mid-engined 488 Ferrari and then the big front-engined, it's not really front-engined, it's pushed back a long way, but mid-front mid-engined Mercedes. I think all of those cars will find a sweet spot somewhere um, at some time during the season. And, And perhaps, Johnny, it could be maximising that opportunity when it comes to you when all the stars have aligned and the Michelin tyres are doing exactly what you want them to do and make sure you pick up the points. And, and non you know bad scores, keep them to a minimum.
0: And the other thing we should uh, remember is a rule that was brought in last year is that the pit stop times, the minimum yeah. pit stop times for which the GTs only have to make one stop at roughly halfway through the race... But if you're in the top three of the championship going into a round, those times are increased yeah. in an effort to kind of balance the field and make sure that someone like Reno Mastronali doesn't start uh, stomping away after th- two races and has a massive championship lead. So if he starts winning early, he'll have to spend more time in the pits at half distance. So that should kind of be a, a naturally writing system. Uh, the better you do, the more you're, you're pegged back in a sense. Um, it also makes yeah, you, so- if, you're,
1: if you're clever, you can... Um, if you dare and if you're clever getting towards the end of the season uh, if it's tight but let's say there's not many points between first and fourth if you can end up going into the last round of the championship in fourth position you could be on a winner
0: Yes, yes, it's all about trying to utilise the, the little loopholes here and yeah. there and yeah, play, playing the long game certainly. The other thing I'll say is that these races, with particularly with so many LMP3s, no stranger to safety cars at times. Ah, good point. And it can depend on where you are in the pit. Have you made your pit stop early mm-hmm. or have you left it late? And if it's early and then you get a safety car and everything concertina's up nicely, then that can really pay well. Um, and, yeah, safety cars have in the, in the past really thrown the, the cat amongst everything because it's very tricky to preempt what's going to go on in a race, even though it's only two hours, when you've got stoppages and when you've got cautions.
1: So, just five cars, but a perfectly formed uh, field, if if not as many as we would like. Uh, can't say that about LMP3 in terms of the numbers. It's perfectly formed. It's going to be busy. 26 entered for the first round of the 2021 Michelin Le Mans Cup, of which some are not eligible for... Championship classification, which suggests to me they haven't entered for the whole season. Uh, one at least of those, T.S. Corsa in the Duquesne, um, are asking for that uh, to be taken out because they do intend on doing all of them. So, not sure what takes Petro Pe- uh, Peccinini and uh, Carey, uh, out, uh, Kieran Carey out of it uh, in... Uh, bronze and silver, um, we'll leave that to the uh, committee to decide. Three chassis uh, in this LMP3. We have entries from Duquesne, multiple entries from Duquesne and Ligier, and a single Ades 03 Evo. We'll start there for our brief competition, not one of the full championship entries, or at least not out of, uh, not in championship classification as it stands. Uh, Simon Escalier and Cedric Chaperon, two French drivers, silver and bronze. What do you know about that fifty-six entry, Johnny? Uh,
0: well, it's obviously grabbed headlines because it is the different chassis, but to, beyond that, there there isn't a great deal to, to call on because they've not done the championship before. Simon having uh, raced in a thp spider if you go back mm. 10 years wow and he was also champion in uh the race car euro open championship but that was 2012 so i don't think he's done any racing for the best part of a decade and has clearly been tempted out of a a sort of semi-retirement. He's only in his early 30s, so there's still plenty of opportunity for him to have, uh, you know, a good run at the Michelin Le Mans Cup. But that's going to be tough, I think, for the first year because you're up against established teams that are coming back for their third and fourth campaigns. It is a new team, as I say, but it may well be uh, have had experience drawn from other. Um, initiatives elsewhere, other teams that do have experience elsewhere on the grid. Cedric uh, has raced with that particular team before. Uh, it may actually be his outfit, actually, that uh, he has returned to the track, but only with the 24-8 series when they've raced in the A3T category ah. uh, with a with a, say at Leon Supercopa in the yeah. past. So, I mean, this is a bit of a baptism of fire for, for both drivers, I think it's fair to say, and the team, having never raced in in prototypes before. Um, but it's going to be fun to see how they get on. I think they may be up against it although of course with the reset button pressed for all four all of four available chassis for this particular championship that a desk became available from the start of last year. This is the first time we're going to see it on the grid. so I'm um, excited to see what it can produce.
1: Well and yeah, with little data there it, it could be very good. Uh, it could be at the top of the performance envelope, it could be right at the bottom. And uh, But yes, very interesting yeah. to see. Uh, let's take the others in number order. So we'll start with the Duquesne. Uh, of DKR Engineering and go through the other uh, Duquesnes. Uh, just a single enter for DKR entry, excuse me. Uh, Dario Cangaliosi, uh from the USA is the, single, sir, is the silver driver. And John Brownson, um, the bronze. Now, I know John because he's raced in IMSA prototype, uh, prototypes down through the years of various uh, forms of... Uh, in that series he's been a big supporter of small prototypes in the the usa uh don't know much about dario
0: yeah uh well i believe that dario has experience of these cars in the past but he's still a fairly young kid so um wanting to get more and more experience and crucially in europe as well because he's done all his racing to this point in the states He's 21 from chester new jersey and has raced uh, in similar categories, but state side, so I think it's a good move from from the two of them actually. And again, there's there's bound to be a goal to race, certainly at Le Mans in this championship, and then potentially Le Mans further down the line in the twice around the clock event. So um, it's it's an interesting mixture of speed plus youth, mm. and then the, you know slightly more experience in in the bronze driver. Uh, as far as John is concerned. But it's going to be John who's been calling on Dario for those little tips to extract the the pace from the Duquesne um, during qualifying and the opening stints as well. All I will say for these two is that they've got a lot to live up to because the only team that has done the winning championship-wise in LMP3, since the the first inception of this particular championship, is DKR Engineering. There's been no other team winning it. So they're certainly going into a good uh, crop as far as car preparation is concerned, and strategy too, Um, but as I say, they've got to hit the ground running to continue this amazing streak from DKR. Uh,
1: And they both know this car. The Decay knee Norma, of course, um, has been very, very competitive in in the US, and and I'm guessing that's where they're met. Um, We haven't covered the prototype challenge for IMSA this year um, and John and Dario did drive, has, have been driving for 47 motorsports so th- this is if you like an extension uh, of that certainly they were at Daytona um, uh, in the early part of or the later part actually this year of January middle part of January at least next to Kane on the list WTM powered by Phoenix uh, this is uh, Leonard Weiss and Torsten Kratz
0: yeah, I immediately recognized Leonard Weiss's name yeah. from racing Ferraris um, yeah. in what was the VLN, now the NLS, for a team called Spiegel Team Monshow. And I all of a sudden thought, ah, the WTM is quite obviously that team and powered by Correct. Phoenix, though, who are another team from uh, the Nürburgring 24 hours, race winners of that. Um, and they actually bring two cars. But this is interesting because they're not the only names on the entry list that are from, more familiar from the German GT3 world. Phoenix has experience in, in DTM as well. So there's no question at all about the, their, their ability to prepare a car. But this is unusual waters for them slightly because they tend not to be seen in prototype racing. Again, I think this is an eye to the future. And quite possibly maybe looking at uh, LMDH further down the line because, you know, there's an Audi coming into that uh, Mm. uh, and talked about uh, the European Le Mans series having WRT as part of the entry there. So there does seem to be all of a sudden quite a bit of interest in Germany to go ACO rules racing.
1: So which is their other car then? That's the 11 we've been talking about, WTM powered by Phoenix. So they've they've got two cars. I've seen pictures of them, you're right, but I don't see a second car for WTM on the on the entry list.
0: On the entry list. Okay. Well, I've got in front of me on another entry list the number 5 Phoenix Racing entry oh. for Finn Finn Gersitz, who's only 16 and uh, he's very fresh indeed. I'm going to be racing with two Germans, actually Hamza Ovega and young Finn, who uh, again will be heading to Phoenix because of his previous, previous experience with that team. So there's already a connection there and the two of them coming in to the Michelin Le Mans Cup. but yeah.
1: And i 'd now, of course, We've got do see yes, and that 's yes, what okay. threw me out because I was looking for another decane m thirty and they are running one of each, as you they rightly are. say that 's interesting, very interesting uh, indeed um, i, I don 't know what that does for the how big the parts truck has to be, uh, obviously the Nissan engine, the gearbox um, that 's all standard across the cars, but Phoenix is Johnny rightly says massive name in german G t racing. And to have them here uh, in this, putting a toe in the water uh, with the Vokic Beagle sponsorship on the number 11 car, which we originally started talking about. We'll continue with the Decayans after that little uh, mm. that, that little uh, branch off down the uh, the Leisure uh, uh, back road there. Uh, we'll come back to the Leisure in a moment. Mulner Motorsport have two cars entered. Uh, TPA's... On my entry list, but they have been running, at least one of them uh, was running early doors, I noticed, in the test on Wednesday, and that was Nicola Molini, who is known to uh, Mulner of course, so they have got both cars there, I have seen them, they look very nice. Um, can you add anything to my um, absolute paucity of knowledge?
0: Well, what I will say about Moomer is that they regularly cropped up on the the front row of qualification grids last year. So um, clearly their car preparation uh, is equivalent to the the best of them as far as that 20-minute session is concerned. But they needed to then extract that single lap pace uh, across the two hours and and came close to, to race wins. Last year, I'm pretty sure that we never actually saw one in in LMP3, sadly. But uh, that will be the next target. You know, they know they can be fast. It's about whether you can produce that then for the full two hours, stay out of trouble, get the pit stop right. And uh, last year, because of the rather thirsty Nissan engines that are the same power plant that's uh, seen in the middle class in the LMS as well, uh, there's actually an extra pit stop thrown in. So the possibility of another variable, too, but I think another season under their belt for the for the Belgian squad, uh, a, an opportunity to uh, build on that and, and get some podiums, ideally, and, and they'll want to be getting consistently race wins too. So new drivers could be tricky, but I think for the main part, the, the engineering te- part of the team has stayed the same. So uh, let's see how they get on.
1: Uh, in between their numbers, 18 and 21 for the two Milner cars, it's the number 20, and that's another Duquesne, so we'll talk about it now. This is for the... UK or GB flagged grain market racing. Alex Mortimer, everybody should remember Alex, uh, he's rated as a silver driver and he is a very solid silver at that. Mark Crader is the bronze there, Johnny.
0: And Mark Crader, uh, his company is Grain Market, so that's the reason why uh, there's been a little bit of renaming. And uh, yeah, they, they What was this team before by- then? Well, it has always been known as Grain Market Racing, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's run out of Nielsen Racing. Ah, so yes, uh, they they're, they always tend to share the same awning, and I'm desperately trying to think now whether I've mixed up my British squad. They're certainly not 360 racing, who we've seen in this championship in the past. Now I'm pretty sure it is Nielsen Racing, and therefore overlooked by Team Chief Sven, um, and they can they produce a fast race car. which is the important thing. Um, Mark, susceptible to the just a little error here and there. So uh, another season of racing uh, to his CV last year. Uh, as long as he can sort of find his the, the pace that he's comfortable to go at and qualify towards the sharp end, because it's very easy to be sucked into an incident not of your own making, particularly at the start with so many cars, 26 yeah. LMP3s in the entry. So nose out of trouble, then hand the car over to Alex Mortimer, and um, top five's definitely a possibility for that 2K.
1: Rinaldi Racing are the next 2K on the list, number 55. Now, they've got an asterisk out of championship classification. So, presumably, the German duo of the very German sounding Dominic Schweger, um, who's the silver driver, and the less uh, German sounding, albeit uh, nom du cause, of Steve Parro, S Parro, Sparrow. We all know about the Black Pearl, etc etc. Um, so maybe they're just putting their uh, dipping their toe in for a race or two in that number 55 car. But Ronaldi Racing, another big name, Johnny, in terms of the team.
0: Uh, yeah, and another one more familiar, actually, at the Nürburgring yeah. uh, and in the 24 hours racing Ferraris. But, Correct. So this will be their second season in Le Mans Cup now. So um, they we will be no stranger to the format of the weekend. Uh, responsibility on Steve Parrow to do to to put the car on on the grid and uh, determine where it starts. Uh, there was a, a nasty incident involving Steve Ricard at the start of last year when he'd had a spin, but then the rejoin was more than questionable um, and ended up taking somebody else out of the race. So uh, the pace can be there. Again, there's been there's been this adjustment period for Steve because he's come out of GT racing as well, but you've got to think that the, the foundation has been built now after a season five races last year, to, to really push on. And Dominic Svega was his teammate last yeah. year as well, so there's going to be no need for any introductions. They'll know each other well, they'll know their roles in the team, uh, and uh, a chance to really build now.
1: There is a second Rinaldi car, and it it's the number 66. That appears to be a full-season entry for another uh, German, uh, Alexander Matichul and Argentinian Nicolas Varon and again that's another Duquesne of course
0: Yes uh, Varon has well Alexander Matchell was kind of the consistent driver at Ronaldi Racing last year in terms of I think an ever present Um, and Ronaldi did run I believe Duquesne last year too so there'll be very little actually changing year on year for Alexander Matchell and I think uh, that, that fact will be a big bonus for him. You know, you're not starting from from square one all of a sudden in a new team. Um, Nicolas Barone, only 20 from Buenos Aires, uh, has raced in the UK in uh, the BRDC's version of Formula Three, but never done any prototypes before, uh, apart from uh, well, one race with Ronaldi last year. Now, was that fairly late on, with an eye to uh. 2021? Yes, they raced. He raced at Algarve. Uh, the Portimao circuit in um, in the team's Duquesne. So they were clearly thinking, what is our plan for next year? Get Moroni in. And uh, it looks like he's passed all the tests because that may well be a full season entry now.
1: Uh, TS Corsair I mentioned, they are trying to get uh, championship classification we'll leave that as I say to the committees the number 73 decade, uh is going to be contesting all of the races according to TS for Pietro uh, Percianini and and I'm, I, I, I honestly don't know how to say it. the Irish name which is my Irish grandmother would kill me but um, I think it would be Kean. Kean. Yeah, Carey. and Carey. And I would, Carey. I would, I would okay, him, yeah. right. But, um, I, 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 of whom I'm sorry, but I I really don't know anything about the Irish silver driver. Uh,
0: a double F3 Cup champion ah. in the UK, um, but that tends to be held more at uh, at club level. Uh, so a big step, and actually didn't do any racing last year, or or nothing of note anyway that uh, has ticked off on on my CV for him. Um, born in 1994. <laughs> from Ireland, uh, rather than we've had one or two drivers in the past that actually were UK-born, were UK born, but because of uh, parentage changed their uh, the flag and nationality. But Kian is Irish through and through, um, and t- competes then with Pietro Peccianini. Now, I don't know whether they've ever raced with each other before, or whether the team have kind of put um, them together, but Peccianini, Italian, so uh, may well have something to do with the, the formation of TS Corsa. Um, and that's uh, very close to the na- to one or two names of other teams as well, yeah. but they are completely different, I understand. Uh, and that's, I don't know that name from any other endurance racing. So this could be a tough year, only in the fact that there'll be a lot of new people working together for the first time, but no reason why they can't get results, more so t- towards the end of the year, I would say.
1: So that's the, the Duquesnes. Uh, one thing I am noticing, uh, in uh, particularly in this championship but in, in fairness uh, also in the elms and and there is a, a separate program uh, for that, so try and catch that, download it or listen on demand via radio uh, We are talking about an awful lot of young drivers, either very early twenties or even still in their teens, and this to me uh, is very encouraging for endurance racing as a whole that young, career-minded drivers, Johnny, are are making the jump to endurance racing either in the uh, prototype classes or in the GT classes?
0: We've been saying this for, for a number of years now. The um, The focus seems to have shifted mm. for those in their late teens and early 20s who can't necessarily to make a single-seater campaign work, or they get to the top of their game in a national category, but then find the next step very tricky indeed. And I think that's because the ACO have targeted, from a budgetary point of view, very candidly indeed, or very cleverly, uh, to put it in the window of 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 an F3 campaign, let's say, or the next step on the the single-seater ladder. The costs are comparable. And the nice thing is, well, Seat time is a massive selling point because you get in all these sessions leading into race weekend. And then if you're the bronze, you get to qualify the car as well. Then you get in the race, as far as the silver is concerned, 60 minutes, maybe 55 minutes, depending on when the car is handed over. That's so attractive on some of these um, grade one circuits. You know, so you get the track knowledge, you get the seat time. And it's at a very decent price compared to the alternative, which is uh, heading for a single-city, where you've got to find all the budget. That's At a least, good point too. From this perspective, you've got a bronze alongside who often does have a bit of cash, mm-hmm. uh, and they're looking for a quick driver to uh, to, to squeeze into the car and share, share the drive with them.
1: Yeah, that's all, all very good points. At least, there's plenty in the 26 that are declared for the first round at Barcelona of the 2021 michelin Lamont Cup. That's what we're previewing at the moment. Johnny Palmer, our voice of WEC, LMS and Michelin-Lemont Cup. And I'm John Hindorf here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. I'm John Hindorf when I'm not on the Radio Show Limited network of channels as well. Uh, I don't have an alter ego. Uh, we've talked about Phoenix <laughs> Racing uh, and no giggling at the back there, Palmer. Um, uh, the <laughs> Phoenix Racing number five with Finn Gertzitz and Hamza Awiger as we went off on that little um, detour early on. Nielsen Racing at Haveli as well. Um, the number seven car, uh, Anthony Wells, Tony Wells, and Colin Noble, bronze and silver. A, 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 another a team and drivers who are doing more than one event per weekend.
0: Yes, they'll be very busy, but they are used to that. I don't think we've ever had a a period of time when the two haven't been involved in both championships. So at least they'll know where they need to be at at various points in the weekend. Um, Could be tricky on the Saturday when you straight out of one qualifying session into the next, although I believe at Barcelona there is a lunch break uh, in between the two. Now, if it is Grain Market Racing, uh, if Nielsen Racing are running the Grain Market car, interestingly, they'll have one of each. Nice, as Well, good point. there may have been a change for 2021. Grain Market kept as a title, but uh, possibly they've gone to another team. But then again, it's not uh, it's not unique to have a team choosing one of each chassis, uh, and that might be down to whatever the, each of the, the driver duos prefer. It might also be we genuinely don't know which car is quickest here. So let's run with one of each for the time being and then make our decision further down the line. But uh, Nielsen are always quick with the, the Ligier and uh, Tony and Colin have uh, taken race wins in this championship in the past. So I think this year for those two, they have to be targeting the championship because they've come pretty close. They've, this must be it's at least their third and possibly their fourth campaign in it. Uh, it's almost now or never for Tony Wells and Colin Noble. But it's it's tricky because they've, they've got a split focus. They are thinking about the European Le Mans series and no doubt a championship run in that as well. Can they do the two in the same year? That might be tricky.
1: Yeah, very good point. Plenty of track time, lots of track time. Fitness is mm-hmm. going to be um, key as well, particularly when we're getting into the heat of the summer. We've been talking throughout here... Johnny, about uh, teams that perhaps we, as commentators and enthusiasts, associate a wee bit more with GT racing, um, jumping across to prototypes uh, and bringing some young drivers with them. Uh, Here's another one number 12 black falcon running alicia for uh, mike rosenberg and donna münding two german bronze and silver in that order black falcon that's a huge huge name from uh, you know nls formerly vln 24 hour racing and you know we've seen those guys race cars all over the world
0: we have and, and the one gap on their cv really has been Anything significant within the ACO um, governed championship. So point. you know, is this the first few steps with an eye to to get to Le Mans ultimately? Um, and I see no reason why that that can't be the case. Um, so let's see how, how they get on. They, they, they'll be leaving no stone unturned, no doubt about it. And uh, they, will, they will have been testing this Ligier to work out where its strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, Mike Rosenberg, the German driver, having uh, competed with Black Falcon in the SP Pro category uh, before now in a Porsche 911 GT3 Cup MR, um, and all his driving actually has been done at the Nürburgring in one format or another. So he's competed in LLS, he's competed in VLN prior to that as well. Um, So he'll be no stranger to... to, uh, Speed differential.
1: Big uh, he'll be in the
0: quicker cars though, rather than the the five GT3s that will occupy the same bit of racetrack. But uh, I don't think the traffic necessarily will daunt him, um, but it will be very busy in his own class. Uh, and it's a question of working out, you know, how to drive that car safely and quickly with all the extra downforce.
1: Uh, and what do you know about Donna
0: Donna? Donna?
1: Donna, I think probably Munding.
0: Donor, yeah. Uh, only 18 <laughs> <Another> hailing <one. laughs> from, Stutt- from Stuttgart. But like you say, yes, um, you've got this up and down this uh, entry, this mixture of youth and, and experience. Um, karting in 2017, Cleo's in wow. 18. Wow! But then very little after that. Um, both his dad, Marco, and his brother, Woden, race. So he's come from a good crop there. Uh, this is a massive step, though, because, you know, karts, hatchback racing... Uh, and and then straight into a prototype.
1: So uh, good luck. Do you get get the feeling that a lot of people had their career plans put on hold last year because of of what happened, but therefore maybe have got a wee bit more budget for this year to say, right, let's give it a go and let's see what we can do because there's this thread running through with these young drivers, many of whom you've said, when we've been talking about them, oh yeah, they were karting in 16 or 17, then they did a bit of GT, national GT, regional GT, or, you know, uh, touring car style, tin top racing, and now they're in prototypes, I mean, it's an extraordinary thing, but this is, this is the, the ambitious nature, of young racing drivers nowadays.
0: And it also provides, uh, a bit of thinking time as well, so yes, you have a year off then, theoretically you've got a year's worth of budget there but you've also got the opportunity to think well, what genuinely what do we want to do next because we've done this and we feel like we've taken it as far as we can in this particular area clio's for example um what would be a, a sensible next step and and what last year provided, I suppose, if you didn't have a deal, was you could soak, it, soak up all of the racing that is available. And yeah. you know, this championship gets good coverage, of course, here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. It's also live-streamed. So there is the opportunity to, to go, oh, I didn't know much about the Michelin Le Mans Cup. And that, that seems very attractive because yeah. of all the things we've mentioned already, and it is a potential way into the 24 hours of Le Mans too. Yeah. Um, and I do wonder whether some of the, the young kids who weren't racing – Um, might have sat down and watched the 24 hours of the month for the first time. Very good point. I like this. Um, So, you know, hopefully with all the the negatives of last year, there may have been a bit more interest that that was drummed up that wouldn't have been ordinarily.
1: Uh, RLR M Sport are the next Leisure year runners. Uh, the number 15 car for Michael, Mickey Benham and... Mikey Benham and uh, Tommy Foster, bronze and silver in that order. Again, uh, not classified for the whole championship as it stands right now. But the team from uh, Bolton in the north-ish of, of the UK, north of England... Um, they know how to put a car together. They know how to put a programme together. Uh, TBA about how many will see them in, in lmp 3 this year. But in, in Mikey and Tommy, they've got a decent line up there. Johnny?
0: Yeah, and again, it's familiar this because uh, Mikey Benham having raced for two seasons in the Michelin Le Cup. Tommy Foster never has. He's only 19. Yeah. Uh, but he's raced in the US and he's raced in the F4 British Championship as well. Looking for the next opportunity in his career, so sounding a little bit like a broken record here, but uh, clearly, the, a lot of teams think that this uh, combination of drivers and combination of this mix of youth and experience is likely to work. Um, and I don't see why any reason why RLR can't start to get back to the podium again. That they've shown that they're capable of it in the past, um, and certainly, you know, the, there's a, a number of entries from the UK. Uh, all as strong as each other, pretty much. But RLR should be there or thereabouts because because Benham has come close to the championship in the past.
1: Team Virage run the 16 Leisure. They're a Polish-entered team. Uh, The bronze driver is Julian Gerby from Spain and Sasha Lehmann from France is the silver driver.
0: And Team Virage have been in and out of the uh, European... Well, well, sorry, in and out of the Michelin Le Mans Cup and make their first steps into the ELMS for uh, 2021. So clearly that's a team focusing on long-term uh, improvement and building on year-to-year. Now, Julian Sherby, another one where we... I remember calling a race that he was in last year, thinking we know that name from somewhere... 2009 Formula Palmer Audi wow. did a season in that and then and then had 11 years off. So great <laughs> to have the 35-year-old back. He hails from Nice um, and raced with Real Team Racing in the ELMS last year. That was his first taste of LMP3 machinery. Uh, and it was at uh, Portimao last year in the final round. So I think, again, that was a bit of a taster. Obviously likes it, but maybe thinks ELMS is a bit too much of a big step at least initially. So let's get a season done in the Michelin Le Mans Cup first of all. Mm. Um, carry on with uh, the fun that he must have had in the final round last year and uh, look maybe to the ELMS for next year or the year after. But uh, I'm excited to see how, how he gets on because he was quick. Um, Sasha Lehman, I know less about, but uh, again, uh, bronze driver. So looking to build on uh, experience. Um, Sa- Sasha just Keith listed silver, as a silver, final, yeah, yeah. yes. Sorry, misreading that. No, Sasha, another 19 year old. Ah, there you go. Um, so, f, F4 f France and um, raced in the Ligier Championship uh, in a JSP4. So, that will have been on the same um, Bill. schedule yeah. uh, as, as the ELMS. So, we'll have seen the cars and thought, I'd fancy a bit of that, please. I, well, I mean, so I, moved across.
1: And who wouldn't? Let's be honest. LMP3, I'm told, are, again, a very user friendly platform to get people used to more. Downforce, and I've never driven one. I would love to. I never thought I would get on at all with downforce cars till I drove and raced a Radical, um, which is doesn't have the same downforce as these cars. But a lot of people were using the UK Radical Championship before they got into LMP threes, and I'd had. Tests and I was talking to them about it. Very, very interesting the way this is this is going. Uh, Edexport, another team that we know from GT and twenty four hour racing. They've got Alicia as well for a couple of names again. That uh, if you listen and watch what we stream uh, on Radio showcouk you will you will recognise bronze is Patrice Lafargue from France, and his countryman is Dimitri Engelbert, uh, the silver driver.
0: Are these are the regulars with Edex. I think it's pretty much Patrice's team. Well, with him and his son Paul, and Paul, a former ELMS champion, um, Dimitri has often stepped into the P2 car to accompany father and son Lafargue. So there's a long-standing relationship there, certainly. And it'll be interesting to see how Patrice gets on. Now, sometimes it's it's more of a kind of a, just a bit of a bit of a fun project for Patrice Lafargue. But I think if they start well and get a few results under their belt, then it could become a lot more serious than mm. that. And Dimitri and Gilbert, uh generally will be reserved for the second stint. It'll be down to Patrice to, to put in a, a good opening hour there or thereabouts. Although, I think these days he only has to do a minimum of 50 minutes. So there could be an early pit stop to get Dimitri in the car. Uh, and again, top five, top six is eminently possible for Edexport.
1: 22 and 23 uh, is the team, the juggernaut team, really, of the last few years in pretty much everything they've entered. That's United Autosport from God's County of Yorkshire, as they would remind everybody. Uh, Richard Dean, Zach Brown have built a, a remarkable operation in what seems to me to not have been a very long time, but it goes back a decade or so now, I suppose. Jerry Crouch, Gerald Crouch, and Scott Andrews are over uh, from racing uh, in the states. Scott Andrews, uh, although an Aussie, uh, has raced in IMSA racing, as has Jerry in uh, LMP3 uh, equipment. We'll talk about those two first. Scott coming off um, a, a victory in the IMSA iRacing Pro Series in. Uh, a, uh, pro- in the prototype class for the first time, although not a that's that's not modelled in the in the sim. So Kelly just as good in virtual reality as he is in real life, uh, and another one of this crop of Antipodean drivers that seems to have sprung up and is plying his trade on the international scene.
0: Yeah, uh, raced at Sebring twelve hours earlier this year as yeah. well, but not with. Uh... Not with the co-driver that he will be with at Barcelona, no, not with Gar Robinson, and not with Jerry Crow, but with Gar Robinson. Yeah, he was and, racing and with Piggott instead.
1: Correct, he was re- racing. I think that was with Riley. Um, yes, Riley Motorsport from 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 memory, and they think a lot of him. And trust me, if Bill Riley thinks a lot of a young driver, then there's a lot to think about. And and Scott Andrews has impressed mightily in the in the US paddocks.
0: So. I've, I've no issue there at all. And Scott actually is well-established with United Autosports. So that relationship will continue to grow. Mm. Uh, but it's uh, it's built on stable foundations. And Jerry Kraut um, will, will be in good hands, not least because of the experience of the team, but also because Scott will be there alongside him to, to look at the data after every single session and just to extract any more pace uh, should it be there. So um, it's another one that I think, you know, give him a, give him a year. And they could be really going well um, and want more races, probably by round six, to uh, to push on even further. But I think a lot of the time, you need everything to to stay the same around you, and then the results will will really start to come. And that is the case for those two.
1: The, the second of three United Autosports entry is the twenty-three car. Uh, this is the wonderful William Boyd, qualifying specialist, although as a silver here he won't. Be doing the qualifying. That will be down to his American teammate, John Showerman, the bronze driver in that number 23.
0: Yeah, and Showerman, again, no stranger to the Le Mans Cup. This will be his fourth season mm-hmm. in Michelin Le Mans Cup. So vastly experienced. He was with Brookspeed International in 2018, then went on to race with Cool Racing, the Swiss squad, two years ago, and was first introduced to all those at United Author Sports last year. From Queens, New York, and uh, this well, actually one pole position to his name as well. I should uh, make everyone aware of. Uh, but this being the second year with the team, really echoing the, the, the earlier point about Jerry and Scott and the other car. Uh, stability is key, consistency as well, and they'll just continue where they left off uh, last year. Had a couple of fourth place finishes, John Schowman, uh, so just didn't quite manage to squeak onto the podium. But I think qualifying. Uh, nicely, including on pole position uh, at the Le Mans race. But that will have been the session when uh, Wayne Boyd did get a chance to qualify the car because at Le Mans, uh, one session is for the quicker driver and Correct. one for the, the bronze.
1: Well but, remembered. So
0: at the highest place that John managed to qualify that car was at Portimao uh, and fifth place. So a third row uh, position eventually gave him a fourth place finish. And, you know, if they get a few more of those and you're regularly scoring... 15, 12 points round after round, you're going to be there or thereabouts by the end of the season.
1: It's not often I can say this for the next entry uh, in any international, regional, or whatever you would call this level of competition. Um, One of my Old teammates we're going to talk about next. Andy Merrick is the gold driver, along with uh, Brazilian Daniel Schneider in the 32 United Autosports. Great to see Andy uh, back with uh, a full season programme. He is outstanding as a driver and also as a driver coach and very well identified by United Autosports to bring him back into the fold.
0: Yeah, and last season, unfortunately, um, the last race left a rather sour taste Mm. in the mouth for everyone watching because Andy Merrick had a really nasty crash um, after somebody spun in front of him. This was at Portimao, and he came over one of the blind rises and just was presented with a stationary car. So it was a horrible way to end the season for Andy. But the fact that he's back in the 32 car suggests that any niggly injury from that has long since cleared up. And, you know, Daniel Schneider and Andy Merrick could be very, very strong indeed. Schneider, again, was someone a bit like John Showerman, who was always kind of running regularly fifth and sixth places come the handover, and that's really all that Andy needs to then, you know, give him the shot in the arm to to push to to the finish. You want the cars to be nicely, fairly, uh, as closely condensed as possible at that 15-minute marker, but because you've got this fairly wide open um, difference in, in speed and experience as well sometimes the field can get a bit strung out at the point of the pit stop so it's about just just staying in the hunt within that sort of 30 second margin of the leader and then get it over to the pro driver and you could really be, uh, be in the hunt for a podium then.
1: Uh, that's a three United Sports entry. Never count any of, of those out. We skipped past a few there to keep the team entries together. Let's go to the number 25. Uh, this is a Swiss-entered team for two Frenchmen. Jacques Wolfe. Uh, Jacques Wolfe is the bronze. Théo Chalal is the silver. And Racing Spirit of Le Mans is a new team name but some faces I think that we've seen before um, weren't they sort of run by Cool Racing in the past?
0: Um, or are I, making that I don't up? know that connection in truth. It's, it's, it's a name that is completely brand new to me, but um, in the past, Jack Wolf has raced with CD Sport. Now, I don't right. think there's any connection there because the okay. racing spirit of Le Mans flagged as, as Swiss. There's obviously the Swiss connection potentially with Cool Racing. I think the answer is, once I get to Barcelona, I go and uh, do, do a little bit of digging down with the team. But Jack Wolfe has moved across from the Spanish Outfit C.D. Sport, who do feature on the entry list. We'll get to them in a moment. But at the grand old age of 70, uh, brilliant to see that uh, he's still keen to get his, uh, his elbows out in racing. And uh, another new teammate alongside Jack Wolfe uh, has shown, again, that he can run happily in the top 10 uh, and qualify the car so that it means business at the start. But once more, it's about trying to avoid those opening lap skirmishes and seeing if you can then get in a train, um, you know, in a sort of three- or four-car train, get towed along and, and, and see where we are at half distance. Uh, Thalo Shalal, I, I know uh, less about, but I'm going to guess, again, that he's uh, one of the young guns coming through. Uh, not as young as some of them, in fact, 30, uh, and having raced at GT4 level, but I also notice... At least one entry in the World Rally Championship as yeah. well, uh, having competed in does. Sweden in a
1: Ford Fiesta. It looks like uh, Racing Spirit of Le Mans were the service supplier at Cool Racing, so I got that round the wrong way. You were way. bang on. Yeah, well, I, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah uh, cool Racing, uh, uh, sort of under new management. I think it's it's is probably the the right thing to say, and we'll, and we'll talk about them in their own right in a in a, a wee while. E. F. Corsa. Um, hello, here's a team that normally we associate with GT Racing. Uh, the Italian flag number 31 this year for Rui Aguas, the Portuguese driver, um, who has driven Ferraris in the past and for uh, Amato Ferrari's uh, team. At Creighton Lentudis. Greek driver, one of uh, a number of Greek drivers that we've got across ACO Racing uh, this year. AF Corsa, what do we know about AF Corsa? Anything they do, they do it properly, properly, and, oh yeah, properly.
0: And actually are not really a stranger to Le Mans, uh, to Le Mans Cup either uh, and racing uh, at LMP3 level there. We've seen at least one and sometimes two cars from the Italian outfit. Uh, they have run prototypes in the ELMS and, and I think also in the, in the World Endurance Championship as well, but they're not often uh, actually called AF Corsa. They're titled as something else. Spirit so, of uh, race the, they've
1: done in the past, amongst other
0: things. Yes. But I think Chetelar Viloba Corsa have been run by yep. AF Corsa in the, in the past too. Crichton lent, lent to this, as you say, Greek, but uh, spent much of his recent life in London and uh, started off in Ferrari Challenge Racing, but more familiar, actually, to fans of Creventic competition, um, competing with uh, JR Motorsport and with Black Falcon, the aforementioned. Uh, this will be his second year in the Le Mans Cup, having raced with Spirit of Race in the past. And, yeah. and they are a different version of A, of course, yeah. essentially. Uh, Swiss flag rather than uh, with the Italian uh, flag instead, the British Italian colours instead. Rui Aguas, great to ha- have him back on a... On a uh, grid for LMP3s, um, often raced with that particular team, but with Ferrari 458s, uh, yeah. I think just into the 488 era as well. But gold rated will be very very quick.
1: CD Sport 33, Spanish team, so effectively their home event. Although Spain's a very big place, and I'm not sure where they are based. Uh, everybody's one of everybody's famous. Uh, Danish drivers, Mikkel Jensen, uh, along with a silver-rated French driver, Adam Ateki And I'm guessing Adam Ateki is another one of the young crop. Uh,
0: yes. Well, let's deal with Jensen, first of all, because I always get, um, you're probably right in the pronunciation. It's spelt like the English Michael, but it probably is Mikkel Jensen. But there's also another, there's a Mikkel Jensen, M-I-K-K-E-L, ah. who is the guy who's done loads of stuff in LMP2. Now, they're not ah. the same. Oh, it's right. So, Michael no, that's
1: my mistake. That's mistake. Yes, I, I see Michael now, and I, as I was reading that off off the entry list, I just defaulted to what I knew.
0: <laughs> well, join the club, because I've done that a number of times too. Uh, and sometimes we've had both Mikkel Jensen and Mikkel Jensen in the same race. No. It's been really confusing. Oh, uh, but, yeah, uh, uh, the other guy, also Danish, came through GTs and then on... It's a race with G-Drive and Roman Roussinov in LMP2s. Michael Jensen, uh, less experienced, is the bronze, so you'll see him uh, qualifying the car, and has raced with CD Sport in the past, so uh, there is some connection there. Ademiteki, 18 years old, so you were (laughs) spot on in in, um, guessing that. Uh, Porsche Carrera Cup France, previously, he's done three races in the... Number one Super Cup as well with Mm. CLRT. So um, a a good driver, I think it's fair to say. And again, this won't be his first competition with CD Sport because he did uh, the Asian Le Mans Series races at the start of the year with that outfit, the Spanish outfit. Again, in uh, their number 33, Ligier. So that's a lot of the hard work already done. He knows the car, just needs to learn these tracks now.
1: Cool Racing have the 37 entry. This is a Swiss flag team with an Anglo-French driver lineup, which has the bronze Frenchman Antoine Ducat uh, teamed up with silver Josh Skelton. I think I know what you're going to say here. <laughs> uh, do you, yeah,
0: so do I. Um, Josh is hails from from Cumbria in the UK and having competed in the F4 British Championship for 2018 and 2019, uh, did some F3 racing last year too, but uh, only 20. <laughs> um, and it's all about trying to find quick drivers that are yet to be, well, potentially yet to be golds.
1: Yes, correct. That's
0: be the ideal. Although they, you can run golds in here, it's just that no platinums are permitted in the Michelin the Mon Cup. But if these teams have anything about them, they'll be thinking, well, can we potentially find a silver-rated driver for the ELMS in seasons to come. So this is a good chance to audition them, I think, as well, um, well ahead of time. And Cool Racing have that that, uh, progression line from one championship to the the other, Le Mans Cup to ELMS, and and it's well-established. Antoine, uh, I know less about, because I don't think he featured actually on the entry list last year. So, yeah, a a little bit in the dark about Antoine. Could be quick uh, and could be one of those uh, dark horses that everyone, you know, sneaks be- beneath most people's radar, and then all of a sudden does the business on the Saturday morning in qualifying.
1: Uh, the second cool racing car is numbered sixty-nine for Morris Moore Smith uh, and Matt Bell. Um, that is the British Matt Bell. Uh, I always feel the need to say that he is entered here as Matt Bell. I noticed where he's uh, he's Matthew Bell in Elms, so, so far more grown up in the, <laughs> the Elms. Entry uh, list. Uh, I, I I I don't think you can count this out. Matt is a is a solid driver. Very good silver. Very good mentor. Uh, and Morris Smith comes in. Morris Smith comes in um, with with some experience of 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 LMP3. So uh, again, this is a solid entry
0: it is and I'm expecting actually race wins from this pair because mm-hmm. they showed they were capable of that at Paul Ricard the second time we went to Paul Ricard last year when actually we were due to go to Barcelona uh, but couldn't because Spain, that corner of Spain were really going through it from a Covid point of view so it was rearranged to go to the south of France again and uh, what, my they were chuffed about that because the number 69 cool racing car ended up taking victory mm. and it was brilliantly judged um, every credit to Matt Bell for being able to coach Morris Smith into uh, that mindset of thinking about the race uh, in a two-hour chunk rather than you know I've got to win it on this lap yeah it's more about playing the long game and, and saying we don't need to be we don't need to be in the lead we don't even need to be in the top three positions when you hand the car over to me and I will do the rest and, and um, that wasn't the only time that they were close to a race win either so I think you know, having scored one last year, they'll be targeting at least two or three for 2021.
1: Uh, I have to apologise to Team Virage. We talked about them earlier on with uh, Sasha Lehman and Julian uh in their number 16 car. I had missed the fact that they had a second car. The number 71, we'll talk about that now uh, for the Polish Flag team, uh, and this is another North American collaboration. Uh, drivers that we've seen in IMSA before: the Canadian Garrett Grist is the silver driver, and uh, Rob Hodes, uh, Rob Hodes is the uh, the bronze driver in this leisure. year.
0: Yeah, and although Rob, uh, as you as you quite rightly say, has the stars and stripes as his national flag, I think he spent quite a bit of his time in Montreal as well, he did, uh, yeah. north of the border. So there is a Canadian connection there, certainly. Garrett Grist is from Ontario. Um, And the two... Well, Rob has raced at LMP2 level uh, with Dragon Speed. He did the Daytona 24 Hours, in fact, this year. Uh, Nielsen racing in both the ELMS and Le Mans Cup, and both drivers are on double duty for this season again. So it's going to be busy, no doubt uh, about that. Uh, This is, as you say, an entry from Team Virage, so some introductions to be made, having uh, moved across from, from Nielsen Racing. And I don't know the reasons, reasons for that, but um, they, they will become clear. Uh, and Birage again, in, in this position where they've got two cars, so double the amount of data coming in. They haven't sure. chosen to have one of each. It's two Ligiers, in fact. Uh, and Robert Garrett, well-oiled uh, machine in terms of knowing each other, so they can will be able to communicate what they want to that crew. Um, Polish flags, yes, but I think there's a mix of nationalities actually looking after that car. Uh, and Team Birage, uh, vastly exper- or becoming more and more experienced, particularly echoed by their, their now entry into the ELMS for the first time for this season.
1: Team 77, interesting for a number of reasons. First of all, I just like the name, Team Thor, Um, so there'll be lots of punnage on their hammering around, it's going like lightning, etc., etc., get them all out uh, nice and early. Uh, This is an all-bronze crude car for Thomas Ashton, Thomas Ashton from the UK and team owner Odun Gudmundsson. And I believe this is the first Icelandic flagged driver and indeed team that we've seen in ACO competition.
0: I certainly don't remember it being alongside a team name in the past. And uh, I have to search back through the drivers, but that, yeah, you're probably bang on with that. And and it's brilliant to see. Super looking
1: car in blue as well. Looks really nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, of course, we've had, you know, regularly uh, Danish teams and drivers uh, being no stranger to the 24 hours of Le Mans uh, and Sweden as well. But uh, Iceland often have been uh, conspicuous by their absence. So it's great to have Gudmundsson bringing the the Team 4 name to the grid. Uh, He has raced in radicals in the past, but only did a Season, and I think that was in the UK because he was racing people that, that you have raced, like uh, Jerome de Sadelier mm. and Jack Constable, people like that. So, uh, and Mark Crader, actually. Ah, there yes. are a number of names that, that will be familiar to fans of Radicals, um, not only in the UK but around Europe. Uh, 360 Racing, for instance, who aren't on this year's grid, or at least not yet, uh, you know, making their name in, in, in Radicals and then thinking, well, well, these are prototypes. Can we therefore? Lend our car knowledge and preparation knowledge to uh, to an LMP3 car. So there, there's a, a natural line there, a connecting line between the two. And Thomas Ashton also racing in the Radical Euro Masters Championship, but that was a few years ago in 2013. His most recent action I make to be in the Dutch Supercar Challenge five years ago when he did half a season in the, the Dutch Supercar Challenge. So um, Tom, I think are they both yeah, they both bronzes. So there'll be a choice to be made there, one of only a very few teams where the qualifying driver is not obvious and they might choose to chop and change as we go through the season depending on on who fancies it.
1: Um, I'm desperately looking back at 2019 to see if I was in the same race and if I beat them, that's... uh... (laughs)
0: I checked that. You know, I checked that this morning and he wasn't in that race. All right, <laughs> He did
1: beat him. <laughs> ah, that's not the, it's not the same. It's not no. the same. Uh, finally, and last but by no means least, the number 98, Motorsport 98, Belgian entered this year uh, for a couple of names again that will uh, be familiar. The silver driver is Dino Lunardi, Frenchman. And Eric de Donca, the Belgian driver, is the bronze. What, Motorsport 98, what do we know?
0: Um, very good team, actually, and that is now a settled driver lineup as well. Uh, they had taken at least one win, um, but that wasn't last year. In 2019, they finished fifth in the championship, uh, had a very good spar where they finished second, um, but that was a, a weird old race where actually three of the cars ahead of them were, were disqualified, so they were at least fifth, anyway, prior to that. Um, last year, again, showing pace, in isolation, but they need to be able to do it month in, month out. Uh, it was another; it was a sixth place uh, finish in the in the championship hunt last year. But they didn't do either of the two point scoring Le Mans races. A best result of second in 2020 at the opening round at Ricard. But I think knowing that they can be very, very fast uh, on their day, and crucially sticking with the same driver lineup yeah. uh, from last year will be important. I think Eric de uh, it's pretty much his team, Motorsport 98, um, with the Belgian flag, and he hailing from that part of the world. Dino Lunardi, Frenchman, um, can be very fast, and uh, the two of them together are a strong prospect. I certainly see at least one race win again for the number 98 car this year. Uh,
1: that, that's that's at least um, six or seven people that you've thought might have a race win. We don't have that many rounds, JP. <laughs> Hardly that's problem. Uh, uh, so so if if i'm asking uh, to put the palm and neck on the block then um united auto sports has to has to feature because of their history and because of how we know where do the challenges come from and who might be able to to rest a title this year i i, I presume you're going to say it'll be all down to the to the bronze drivers of course
0: yes Naturally so, and uh, they work on the Saturday morning and the Saturday afternoon. Remember, it's qualifying and race day on the same day for Michelin Le Mans Cup, and uh, then that part of the paddock packs up on Saturday evening. Uh, it would be remiss of me to look beyond really the DKR engineering crew purely because of past experience. However, John Brownson and Dario uh, Kang, Gia, Lucy, um, yes, they've experience of, of a Duquesne, but not in this championship. So could this be the year where that long winning streak for DKR engineering actually comes to an end? You know, the law of averages suggests it, it has to at some point. I'm excited by the influx of cars from other disciplines, namely Phoenix, Black Falcon, um and one or two others as well that we' uh, Brinaldi racing we 're familiar from seeing from, from, other, from other areas, but there's no reason why someone like Finn Gersitz, who has been uh, highlighted as a real talent at just 16 years old, can't start to worry the field. But I just feel like it needs to be a Nielsen racing year, and for Tony mm. Wells and for Colin Noble, because they 've had so much near success before, but never quite doing the business, uh, I 'm going to say the seven car. Mm for the title. Uh,
1: do you think the leash years in Europe have a, a slight performance advantage? The, the old Normas, the Decayans as they are now, in in the US have certainly been quick in a straight line and on tracks where that's important, that has been an advantage. And they've had quite a lot of success in the, the IMSA Championship as as Normas. Yeah, and the Norman
0: started to get a name out for its straight line speed, before we had last year's reset, mm. the Norma was developed later than the first version of the Ligier. Um, but then everything uh, was put back to square one at the start of 2020. And it's tricky, actually. to, to I, I think it depends on what track we're at. Yes. And uh, it, it is very much dependent on... Uh, not not balance of performance, just the basic car design yes. and, and how it flows through the air. But you're right that uh, what was the Norman, now the Duquesne, has continued to look very strong on long straights. So I think we'll be strong at Monza and Spa. The Ligier often very fast through through the uh, complex and the, the twiddly bit. So that, that's tough. I don't think it's... It's necessarily this car is faster, no doubt about no. It. It, it. It can vary certainly from race meeting to race meeting. Uh, and the Adet, I don't know. Well, it, I was going to say it. This is its competition is debut, isn't it?
1: Competition debut yeah. for, for for the Adesso Three Evo in the hands of the 56 Team Arbrez uh, Competition. I, I hope we see it more than just at at Barcelona, um, but you know who knows i'm i'm excited about that that's that's one of the highlights of of the, the the first round for me seeing how that car comes out of the box um with limited data for those who have to think about these things um it, have they got an opportunity to to pull off a, a shock result who knows
0: I, I think definitely because no one else has decided to go with that car now it, it is concerning that, that very fact is concerning because if people genuinely thought it had a chance, then a few more units would have been sold, you would have thought. But if if it's been looked upon favourably maybe by the organisation for the reasons you gave, not much data floating around about the 03 Evo, mm. um, then yes, you know you look at everybody else and, and their rather polarised approach, Ligier or Duquesne, sometimes going completely... <laughs> excuse, excuse the pun, radical. Very good. It's not a radical, it's in a desk. But, uh, yeah, going completely in the opposite direction can sometimes glean results, so you never know.
1: Mm. Very good. Johnny, can't wait to get this one started. It is the 2021 Michelin Le Cup. Starts at Barcelona. Check uh, radio uk uh, for the audio broadcast times. Uh, it's uh, qualifying the race is, uh, is what you normally do for that, GP, isn't it?
0: Yes, right, yeah. And uh, as I already mentioned, it's a busy day because certainly for the opening round, the plan is to qualify just before lunchtime uh, with the race, the two-hour race, then uh, later on in the late afternoon, early evening.
1: Yeah, we make sure you work for your money, mate. No <laughs> no, no, worries on that. Uh, we've got streaming video as well on the same website. All the details are there. And on the schedule, it will automatically convert to your browser time. Uh, and a busy weekend at Barcelona for JP and our technical team. 31 cars in the 2021 Michelin Le, Com- Le Mans Cup as part of the European Le Mans Series coverage live Without interruption and free across Radio Show Limited's network of audio and video channels for 2021.
0: This program is a Radio Show Limited production.
1: Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.